We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. Welcome again to Bob Bernie Live. And it seems like the state of Ohio is often ground zero for American political races. We are a bellwether state for the presidential election. And because of that, all of our elections are scrutinized by much of the rest of the country, including and maybe especially the current race for Senate from the state of Ohio. And it is a crowded race on the Republican side. One of the candidates, J.D. Vance, probably best known for his best-selling book, Hillbilly Elegy, that was at the very top of the New York Times bestseller list in 2016, 2017. But because yesterday was Veterans Day, I want to make sure that you also know that J.D. Vance served in the United States Marines. And it is a delight and a privilege to welcome again J.D. Vance to the program. J.D., welcome. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Well, it is good to have you again and uh, my first question, uh, before the break, I shared with our listeners that uh, you'd be calling in. And uh, I know that immediately I'm going to get emails. Why don't you have Jane Timken? Why don't you have Bernie Marino? Why don't you have blah, 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 blah? And at this point, J.D., I am putting the candidates on air that want to speak to my audience, the people that actually reach out to us. I'm not reaching out to them. And your folks contacted me and asked if you could be on the air. So I want to ask you, why why is it important to you to speak to a conservative Christian radio audience? Well, I, I think a lot of reasons. I mean, first, I'm a conservative and I'm a Christian, and uh, you know a, a lot of the, especially socially conservative issues, I, I've not tried to run away from. I've tried to make at the foreground of our campaign from, you know, the fact that we have a lot of homes growing up, uh, a lot of a lot of kids growing up without fathers, mm-hmm. uh, to the fact that the lives of the unborn are still not protected and respected in our country. So I think part of it is just the issues that I try to focus on. I would hope that your you, your listeners and your audience would be open to that and open to. You know, supporting us, voting for us, and, and contributing to us. Yeah, but it's it's also I it think it's a little bit deeper. You know, one of my one of my arguments about the Republican Party in general is while you know I've been a Republican my whole life, I've uh, I've never voted for a Democrat. Uh, I've I've always felt that social conservatives were sort of the redheaded stepchildren of the coalition. You know, we 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 work the mm-hmm. hardest, we volunteer the most, we make the most phone calls, uh, but very often we don't actually get a whole lot out of this coalition. And I think that if our movement is actually going to succeed, I mean the conservative movement writ large is going to succeed in the next generation. I think social conservatives can't just be, you know, passengers of this coalition. They have to be drivers. And that's the argument that I'm trying to make. And I'd love to have people's help as they do it. 
Well, my, my next question is, why in the world did you decide to go into politics? Um, you, came, <laughs> you came from a very, very humble beginning, but let's face it, you are living a very, very comfortable lifestyle right now. You've been very successful financially. You're not suffering financially. So I know you're not running for Senate for financial gain. Uh, you you have been incredibly well-known because of your book. As I said, it was right at the top for two years on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, most Americans have heard of Hillbilly Elegy, and they know the name J.D. Vance. So I don't think you're doing it for fame. You've already got that. So why in the world would you get into the down-and-dirty world of politics? You know, I, 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 you're, you're definitely right. I'm not doing it for fame and certainly not doing it uh, for money. I did come from a, a, a pretty poor family, but I, I have uh, been blessed and fortunate and worked hard, and things have really worked out for me, so not doing it for money. You know, I, I, I guess the, the main reason is I just think about what kind of country I want my kids to live in. And do I want, you know, I've, I've got two boys, a four-year-old and an 18-month-old, and you know, I've got my... Uh, you know, my, my, my wife, who's actually, she's in the car with me right now. She's driving. So, you know, you and your listeners, please pray for me. Um, sorry, she just, she just gave me a look over that one. <laughs> I love it. I'll pay for that. I'll, I'll pay for that one later. Yeah. Uh, oh, but, yes, but, you, you know, oh, yes, we, you will. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I guess when I think about what is it that I really want this country to be for my, my two boys, and I think most of all I want it to be this sort of place that, that helps them and encourages them to be formed into virtuous and good young men. You know, I want them to be good husbands. I want them to be good fathers. I want them to be hard workers. I want them to you know, participate in their church and in their community and actually be involved in what's going on in their, in, in their neighborhoods. And I really worry that what American culture, the message it's sending to, to our young people, but especially to our young boys, is really, really bad. It's, it's mm-hmm. not promoting the virtues of, of discipline and hard work and loyalty and dedication to family. Uh, I think our culture sends a very bad message to a lot of our young men that, you know, they're, they're rewarded for, um, you know, for, for, for their, 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 their sexual conquest more than their loyalty to their mm-hmm. family yeah. or they're praised not because they're good men, uh, but because they're successful in a very worldly way. And yeah, that's a very deep that's a very deep point, I think, um, if, I, if I may say so. But it, unless we start to turn the clock back on really the rot in American culture, then I think that the message my, my kids are going to get, however good of a father I am, however good of a mother my wife is, and I think she's a great mother, uh, there's only so much you can do when the entire culture is set against them. And I just don't want them to grow up in a country that makes them into bad people. Since you brought up your wife, uh, politics is down and dirty. It is a blood sport. And often the wives take a real beating in these political campaigns. Since she's seated right there next to you, when you told her that you were going to run for Senate, did she go, what are you thinking? (laughs) No, no, not how, at all. How my, did my she wife, respond? <laughs> you know, my, my wife's also, I think, very civically minded, and she knows that I, I care about this stuff. You know, I've, I've been talking about this stuff, going on TV, Fox News, and so forth, talking about this stuff uh, for a long time. I think she's known that I'm, I'm passionate about it. And certainly, you know, I had some concerns about how do we, how do we make sure our kids have a good life? How do yeah. we make sure the spotlight doesn't ruin their, you know, their, their childhood? 
Uh, but, but she's always been very supportive of whatever I've done. And I think in this, in this issue in particular, it's just you cannot do this unless you have a team effort. I really, I really believe that. And, and fortunately, I've got, a, I've got a great teammate here, my wife, and uh, she's, she's been very supportive. Of course, you know, there, there are things that uh, she has some, some concerns about, and I think she gets her hackles up a little bit when she finds out that there are people, you know, spending $2 million in attack ads against me, which, of sure. course, uh, that's happening these days. But at, at the end of the day, uh, I'd much rather have somebody who feels defensive about me than the opposite. So we're, we're a good team, and we're doing this together. That's great. Hey, J.D., I've got to take a break. You know the nature of radio. Uh, J.D. has graciously agreed to go to the bottom of the hour. So we're going to step away just for a moment. We're talking with J.D. Vance, uh, obviously the author of Hillbilly Elegy and candidate for U.S. Senate from the state of Ohio. Quick break. We'll be back with J.D. Vance. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. And we are talking with J.D. Vance, author of Hillbilly Elegy, very successful businessman, United States Marine, and candidate for U.S. Senate. Uh, J.D., uh, what has surprised you most about the uh, political campaign that you become a part of? In other words, what didn't you expect? Yeah, it's a very good question. You know, I, I guess if I had to point to one thing, it's how stark some of the regional differences are in our state. You know, in, 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 uh, you know obviously southeastern Ohio, uh, different from southwestern Ohio, different from northeastern Ohio. Uh, but it's been really fun just to sort of see how the different parts of the state work together, how they're culturally very distinctive. You know, I, I sometimes feel like you know, Southern Ohio is more Southern than Northern. Northern Ohio is more Northern than anything. And Central Ohio is kind of like the Midwest. So I, I feel like Ohio is such a microcosm of our entire country. And I guess I knew that. You know, I've been around the state. I've lived here most of my whole life. But it, it is interesting to see it in the, in, in the context of a campaign where you're really seeing the regional differences up close to personal. How would, uh, how would you describe the condition of the Republican Party here in the state of Ohio? Uh, if someone were to ask me that, I would say it's pretty pathetic. Uh, we have some great people in national office. Uh, a couple of them are very good friends. But as far as the leadership of the party in the state, I, boy, I'm not encouraged. Uh, so I'm, I'm just curious as to your sense of the Republican Party here in the state of Ohio. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely the case that we've got some great people. And, and we also, I think, have a willpower problem in our party. You know, I, I think I've maybe seen this most acutely in the, in the, in the, in the state with our response to some of the vaccine mandates um, where, you know, if you think about what your job is as a legislator, whether at the state or the federal level, you know, that you have a lot of jobs. One of your jobs really is to protect your voters, to protect the citizens who made you an elected official in the first place. And I think these vaccine mandates are a failure to do a lot to push back against them. I think we could do a lot more at a state level I don't know if you or your listeners have followed Ron DeSantis in Florida. I think he's been a really aggressive yeah. and successful yeah. 
fighter against some of these mandates. I wish that we would follow his lead. Yeah, I will say, you know, when it comes to the abortion legislation I see moving through the state, it makes me feel like, you know, we, we, we are getting some things right. And so there are, there are reasons for optimism. But I, I think at the end of the day, you know, politics, this is something else I've learned just in the past few months. Most people in public office, you know, I, I maybe looked at it a few years ago and said, you know, these people are all just corrupt. I think a lot of it is, not, is less corruption than cowardice, right? It's not that they're mm. bad people. It's that they just don't really feel a willingness to go up against the media, to go up against the mob and do what's necessary. Unfortunately, we're just in a moment where everything is so politicized. And I think the left has made everything so political that we really do need people who are willing to stand on principle, even when you're going to take take a lot of heat for it. You know, I, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, I, I just saw it maybe 15 minutes ago, right before I called into the show. Uh, the, the Biden Department of Justice has decided to prosecute uh, Steve Bannon, yeah. uh, who was you know one of the main advisors and I really think architects of the last four or five years of successful policymaking in our in our country. And you, know, you realize there's no line between politics and law in the Biden administration. It's basically just another witch hunt. But unless you have Republicans willing to stand up against it, you're just going to have our people get get beaten into the ground. You set up my next question. Um... I don't consider myself to be extremely politically connected, but I've been an observer of Ohio politics particularly for about 45 years now. And I have seen over and over again good men, good women, and I mean good men, good women with character and integrity and ideals, and then they get elected and they become a part of the system and they sell out. They sell out and they become a part of the problem. So my question to you, J.D. Vance, if you are elected to the Senate, how do you plan on staying grounded and not becoming a part of the problem? Yeah, another important question. And, you know, the the, the one sitting U.S. senator who's endorsed me is this guy, Josh Hawley, out of Missouri, who I think has been a great advocate for a lot of the causes that I care about and I imagine a lot of your listeners care about. And, you know, I actually asked him this question just because I think he's one of the few guys who hasn't really been corrupted by the, the process. And, you know, what, 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 what he said echoes something that a pastor friend of mine in Dayton, the guy who works with a lot of uh, you know, recovering drug addicts, told me, which is, you know, it doesn't matter how high your character is, how strong your faith is, um, you show me your friends and, and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, if you hang around good people, if you surround yourself you know, with your family, with your, your real friends, not your political friends, your real friends, um, you know, the, the, the people in your church that you trust and rely on and, frankly, will call you out when you step out of line a little bit, because that's what a real friend, I think, ultimately is. It's not just somebody who's loyal, but somebody who's loyal enough to be honest with you when you need right. to hear some honesty. Right. I think that's, that's the strategy, because, you know, you think about this from the perspective of a lot of these legislators. So you know, take an average guy, 35, 40, 45 years old, they get elected to Congress. They move to D.C., and six days a week, what are they doing? They're going out to dinner with lobbyists. You know, they're 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 getting fancy meals and 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 uh, you know cocktails and good beverages provided for them. And at the end of the day, that's going to corrupt you. I don't care how good of a man you are, that will eventually corrupt you. Maybe it takes a few years. Maybe it takes a decade. And I just think I have to. My strategy for this, I've thought a lot about it, is to not get caught up in that entire DC revolving door swamp. So that, you know, I stay the person that I am when the people elect me. Mm. Uh, and our time is quickly running out. As I said, the um, the Republican side is is crowded with a lot of candidates. And sure. uh, p- 
policy-wise, most of you are pretty close to each other. Everyone is trying to out-conservative the other. I'm more Trump than you are, and and so forth. Uh, What do you feel sets you apart from the other candidates? You know, I, I think the biggest difference between me and the other candidates, and you know, this is something I, I, I hope that your audience in particular is, is very interested in, is that we have to wake up in the Republican Party. I think I'm the only guy who's saying this, that we're in a new world. And that world, it's not just the policies of the Biden administration that we have to fight against, as important as that is. Uh, we're in a world where corporate America, especially the multinational corporations who have business relationships in China, are very hostile. They're hostile to the American worker. They're more interested in outsourcing their jobs than they are in hiring American and producing American, which, of course, is why we have the inflation crisis we have right now. Uh, They're much more interested in progressive social values than companies have been, I really think, in the history of this country. I mean, you know, when Texas passed what was a good abortion law um, just a few months ago, you know, the biggest pushback wasn't even from the Biden administration. It was from the companies in Texas, the big technology companies, that were censoring voices mm-hmm. that were supportive of that yeah, law yeah. and actually sending resources to help people get around that law, which, of course, just means more abortions, more unborn life that isn't protected. And I, and I guess that, that, that my message to people is if a politician is telling you we've just got to push back against the socialism of the Biden administration, they're only telling you half the story, because while that is true, we have to push back against the progressive corporations They're making it as hard between the vaccine mandates, between the cancel culture firing people uh, for professing their faith at work. And and with that, J.D., we're we're running out. The computer is going to cut us both off here in just a few seconds. Very, very quickly, how can my listeners learn more about you and your campaign? Would love for them to go to JDVance.com, sign up, help us, volunteer for us. Uh, But that's got the information. And I'm proud to say I wrote the issues page myself. All right, jdvance.com. And uh, JD, let's do this again, uh, particularly as we get closer to the election. All right? Happy to. Thank you. Thank you for your willingness and your desire to speak to my listeners. That means a lot. Thank you and God bless you. JD Vance, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. 